0: Welcome back to another episode of Big Ideas in Small Windows. I'm your host, Mike Gaskell, and today we're talking about the power of humility in school leadership. Now, this is an interesting topic that I've often been inspired about as I've read some great literature, Ego is the Enemy is one of my favorites, and there's just all kinds of literature out there littering the landscape that says, Effective leaders, especially in places like schools and organizations that have an altruistic purpose, need to be humble, confident, but humble. And what's interesting about this is in my 28 years as an educator and and 20 plus as a school leader, I'm fascinated by how often we are challenged by the opposite. And you see this in politics today, some very polarizing politics. This is not a podcast about politics, but it certainly shares a good example of what it looks like when we see ego overtaking the effectiveness of any kind of leadership. Now, research shows that leaders who embrace humility often achieve far greater success than those who just let ego drive them. The loudest, most aggressive leaders might appear confident, but their take-no-prisoners approach is actually toxic, and we certainly need to question their true confidence. Now, these diminished leaders thrive on surrounding themselves with people who feed their self-interest and don't challenge their excessive pride. This insular bubble of ego leads to poor decision-making and negative consequences, and who loses? Kids kids lose in schools. Now, in contrast, multiplier leaders exhibit modesty and openness to feedback. They prioritize lifting up their team over personal glory. By seeking input, focusing on developing teachers, and admitting mistakes, multiplier leaders are perceived as way more effective. Teachers feel empowered, which drives greater commitment, innovation, job satisfaction, and quality instruction. Everybody wins. Because of a multiplier leader, a humble leader. Now, multiplier leaders avoid insular thinking by collaborating with families, students, the community, and of course, their faculty. This inclusive approach ensures all voices are heard in serving students' well being. You know, the classic business book, Good to Great, characterizes successful leaders by their modesty and openness to feedback. It's hard to believe that this is like a quarter of a century old but it still stands strong and we'll get into that. Unpretentious leaders prioritize the collective success of their team and over personal glory and Good to Great really highlights this over and over again. Current research definitely reinforces this classic. Leaders who embrace humility often achieve greater success than those who let ego drive them. For instance, one study demonstrated that humility and confidence were strongly and positively related to each other and to leader effectiveness. The findings provide support for the importance of humility and confidence as attributes of effective leadership and of potentially important implications for educational leadership. I'll share a link to this study in the show notes. A review of extensive literature argues that humble school leaders who admit mistakes, seek feedback, and share credit can foster greater teacher commitment which then helps schools thrive. Humble leaders focus on organizational goals rather than their own self-promotion. By modeling teachability, humble school leaders can create a more psychologically safe and protective school environment. And this review is a link shared in the show notes as well. It's an extensive review. So how can school leaders embrace the humility of multiplier leadership? We know now that it's a more effective approach to student success. Start by regularly soliciting feedback from faculty through things like surveys and do the same for your community. Then respond with genuine effort to address concerns. Doesn't mean you have to agree with everything they say, but show that you're responding to it. That gets the respect. Celebrate teachers' achievements, both big and small, and do the same thing for kids through recognitions like encouragement notes or achievement certificates. These little ways of giving positive feedback and support go a long way in how teachers feel about their environment. We also know from other research that professionals tend to prefer the support they get from leadership over even things like financial incentive. Also, involve faculty in the school community in decision making. Seek their input. Same thing through surveys, forums, and committees. Broad collaboration ensures decisions are made in the students' best interest. And again, this is where the rubber meets the road. That's what our jobs as school leaders are, to help students succeed. Now, the bottom line is that humility, trust, and collective wisdom create schools where students can thrive by embracing humble leadership. Schools gain the strength of many minds working together. It's that multiplier approach that adds to the collective rather than the diminished approach of an ego driven leader who squashes other people's ideas. And there's even a fear to go to that kind of a leader and say, hey, I have an idea and I think we should try this or I disagree with the direction we're going on that. And I think it would be better to try that and adapting those ideas, not taking everything literally and just following everything they say, but certainly using some of those concepts really makes a big difference. So let humility and service guide your school leadership. Your students, faculty, and school community will reap the benefits tenfold. And I want to just mention that there's an article coming out soon based on this. I have adapted some principles here to make it, of course, podcast friendly, but that link will be added to the show notes when it comes out in a few days. Meantime, thanks for listening to another episode of Big Ideas in Small Windows. Tune in next time as we tackle our biggest challenges with some real fresh thinking.